everyone. This is the Tripwire Podcast, part of the Triple Play Family Network. I'm your host, Zach, at FF Chupa Batman. I am joined today by most of the crew. We got Steve Lawson at FF by Committee, as well as Alex at Alex Mateo94. We're missing Joe today. He's on vacation this week. It's okay. We need to l- let him recharge before we get in the season. We need to recharge before we get in the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're already in season for me. We're, we're already there. Um, I'm having a good time. So we did a mock draft last week for y'all. One quarterback, half PPR, very, we'll call it basic um, settings. So we thought this week we'd do one more mock to get you ready for your drafts. And we went ahead and did a super flex PPR. So let me just get through the settings real quick, and then we'll tell you who we were uh, drafting against because it was a lot of fun. So this is one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex spots, plus then a super flex spot, which means you can start a quarterback there, and then six bench. So we're going to go through the draft order real quick. At 101, we had our... Joe Pepe at JPEP20. 102, our buddy Alex right here on screen. At 103, we had Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, he is the fantasy football and NFL analyst for CBS Sports. Probably heard of him. And we had Preston. He's an analyst for Fantasy Six Pack. We had Scott Simpson at 105. He is the host of FF Millionaires, Chalk Blocked, and FF Hot Stove. At 106, we have our very own Steve. At 107, we had Maddie Daddy. He is a fantasy football content creator. At 108, we had Mike Stoyanoff. He is an actor and a fantasy football enthusiast, also a writer for several TV shows. At 109, we had Eric Romoff. He is a contributor for Dr. Roto and Going for Two, and he's a co-founder of Pros with Joes, uh, which is an awesome uh, charity tournament where you have... Um, fantasy football analysts co-managing a team um, with just regular fans, quote-unquote. Um, so it's a fun league as well. At 110, we have Simon Greneveld. Sorry if I mispronounce your name. Uh, he is a co-founder of Front Yard Fantasy. I was at the 111, and then at 112 was Aaron Larson. He's a staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers and contributor for Time uh, Team Rise or Fall and Fantasy Pros. So um, a lot of uh, big names in the mock, a lot of fun. Uh, the chat was uh, a great time, uh, a lot of sniping going on. And uh, so you'll see that in this mock. So if you want to see the mock draft itself, we have it on screen. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, um, we have a link in the show description. You can go ahead and click that. It'll take you to Sleeper and you can see all of our picks. Um, also recommend that if you're watching it too. It's in the YouTube description. So real quick, like I said, super flex means you can start two quarterbacks, which means they are valued um, a lot more. And you'll see that on our draft board. So Alex, you had the 102. So just kind of run us through your mindset going through this draft and, and how it went for you. So going into it, I knew I was either going to get Herbert or Josh Allen at the 102. All depends on whatever Joe ended up doing at the 101. And at that point, from then on out, I was playing the board off of what Jamie and Joe would, and what Joe were doing. By the way, their tendencies were it was how I was drafting. I was just trying to be very fluid 
with what I was doing. I wasn't going in, oh, my first four picks, I need a quarterback, two running backs, and a wide receiver. It just so happened that the way it played out that I was able to hammer running backs rounds two through six, three through six, excuse me, and then just mop up value at all the other positions later in the draft. Did not have to reach on those tier three running backs, the guys who you know are going to be locked into a committee and not not have a real clear 1A, 1B type role. And I have a question for you, Alex, um, just with your strategy. So you, like you said, I'm just going to kind of show the draft board a little bit. So you went uh, running back heavy after you got your first two picks. Um, got a lot of talented running backs, a lot of value. Now you do have to start three wide receivers. Um, so were you just hoping to be able to just get value later on and just make it work, piece it together, and you just wanted to have that more robust running back strategy in this draft? Yeah, I like to anchor my flex plays with running backs, especially those who have shown, whether it's in college or in the pros, the capability of having that complete profile, being involved in both the passing and the rushing game. They like those guys with that type of ceiling can balance out having a dart throw like a Garrett Wilson at your wide receiver three. Cool. And I would say most people probably lean more wide receiver in a three wide receiver draft with two flex and a PPR scoring. Um, but it shows you that you can still attack this draft in multiple ways. And like you said, you focused on some pass catching running backs to gain that extra value. So then Steve, you were the one Oh six. Can you walk me through how your draft went? Yeah. So um, a lot of times in Superflex, this is what I'll do is I will uh, grab my quarterback early and then we'll let the board kind of tell me when I have when I really have to go get one next. So what I like to do is I like to um, get that really strong uh, QB one and then run some cool positions down and get really high end talent where people are maybe burning it on middle tier quarterbacks. Um, so you'll see in my second and third rounds, I grabbed Swift and Pitts, where people were taking guys like Trey Lance, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. I was able to get two guys who I project to be top, like Pitts as their number one in their position, Swift near the top five in this position, to complement the quarterback I'm going to go get. Because once you start getting into that mental lower tier of quarterback, it all becomes muddled anyway. It's just a muddy mess of what you're going to do. So as the board unfolded, obviously I grabbed Jameis in the fourth because this insane run of quarterbacks kept going, and I had a plan. So it fit into my plan. It fit what I wanted to do. And that really let me build my team out the way I wanted it to. I waited on wide receiver and grabbed those late because that's such a deep position this year that you do not need an elite one unless you're grabbing Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams. All right. And then I was at the 111. So I wanted to get at least one quarterback in the first two rounds. Um, but my strategy was not set on having to take two. So the way the board fell um, – I I felt Dak Prescott was the best quarterback available left on the board. He was the eighth quarterback. Um, but because we were there, I decided to take a risk. It was a mock. I wanted to see how it played out. And I decided to not take a quarterback with my second pick. So I went with Jamar Chase um, to get one of those elite pass catchers. And then was just hoping that a good quarterback would fall to me. So then we got to the third round, 
and we only had a handful of quarterbacks come off after my selection. So I was playing a little Russian roulette again because there was a few QBs left on the board that I was still happy with. So I decided to get who I felt was a top 12 running back in Aaron Jones and then was still able to grab Kirk Cousins at the beginning of the fourth round. So I feel very comfortable with Prescott and Cousins as my two QBs in a super flex league. Um, at that point, I kind of focused on just going with, um, I would say, value that I felt at the position. So I was mostly focused on wide receivers. And you can look at the, our entire board that like end of round four through round, honestly, like nine, a ton of wide receivers came off the board. Um, so a lot of people were focused on wide receivers there. So it's just a matter of just grabbing guys you liked. And then I snagged Schultz um, in the sixth just to stack with Prescott. Um and then obviously I needed running backs. So then I just focused on grabbing some late value running backs that were still starters. So Cordero Patterson, Rashad Penny, um, again, not guys that are probably going to help you win your league, but at least they can start. Um, and that's kind of how I finished my team was just then trying to go after value at those positions. So I then want to kind of highlight some different picks um, that we noticed in the draft. So obviously there's plenty of great, great picks. Um, we're just trying to talk about a few. We're not trying to get too in-depth on this. Again, this goal of the show is to help you guys with your Superflex drafts as you have them coming up, uh, maybe get a little extra insight, some advice. So, Steve, I want you to focus on rounds one through four. Who was your favorite pick? Yeah, this one was actually really easy because he fell so much further than he should have. In round three, Devontae Adams went at three, four. Now, one, two, three, four wide receivers went ahead of him. But the problem was also that a lot of middling quarterbacks went ahead of him as well. I know it's super flex, but you don't want to pass on a talent like Devontae Adams just because you think you need that second quarterback. It's not necessary. Devontae Adams is going to have a monster year in Oakland because he's a monster player. He is not a product of Aaron Rodgers. He's probably a significant cause of the MVP Aaron Rodgers that we saw. So stealing him in the third round, I don't care what format it's in. He should not ever, ever, ever fall out of the second round. Even in a super flex league where you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks going? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at the guys that I would have taken him. Like Trey Lance. Trey Lance right there at the 2-4. Absolutely would have taken Devontae Adams over him. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, Tom Brady at the 2-10. Absolutely would have taken Devontae Adams. Stephon Diggs. Absolutely. Joe Mixon. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt. Matt Stafford, absolutely. Dak Prescott even, absolutely would have taken Devontae Adams over him. I know you love Adams. I just when the I like his that value elite, there. But. That elite at the position, you can't pass up on that. This guy has the potential to go for 20 touchdowns. It's almost unreplicable by any other wide receiver in the league. Fair enough. And then I was focused on rounds five through eight. So honestly, there's just a ton of wide receiver value during that entire uh, range. Um, but I wanted to focus on T Higgins at the five, eight by Mike Stoyanoff. Um, just because I think he has the potential to be a, I would say borderline top 12 wide receiver, depending on how things go for him. Uh, he has the talent definitely to do it. We saw how, well he played that second half of the season last year when he started getting a little healthier um so a lot of upside i know he's coming off a coming off shoulder shoulder surgery right now um but i still find that as good value the other one that really caught my eye though uh, was actually your pick steve 
at 7-6 was Michael Thomas, um, just because he could be incredible value or he can totally flop. So that risk is kind of built in at that at that spot. Um, but he could easily come back to being a top 12 wide receiver and you stole him in the seventh round. Um, or maybe he ends up getting hurt after a couple of weeks and you, you can pick up the pieces as well from right. the seventh round. So, But in a super flex oh. league like this, you want more stacks, right? You have double the opportunity to stack your picks. Like Michael Thomas, that's an, that's a no-brainer. And then Chris Olave two rounds later, yeah, give me it. I'll, give, I'll take that risk on all day. Right. Yeah. So you, you covered yourself. Yeah. And you stacked it. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was, I like the value. I just also recognize that you got him at such a value because he still carries plenty of risk. Yeah. Sure. He hasn't uh, played in like two years. So yeah. going to that Higgins pick, obviously hindsight is 2020. But if I knew that J.K. Dobbins would have fell to me at the 611, I would have went T. Higgins over Javante Williams there. Because at that point, I would have been able to lock up two top receivers to go with Barkley and ETN. But at the five turn, I'm like, okay, I don't want to wait for my RB3. Let me get Javante here. And then the value ended up being Dobbins there, so I couldn't pass up on him. But seeing how it played out, if I can redo one pick, it would be going T. Higgins over Javante Williams. I know we're not trying to dive into the players, but is anyone shocked that Jalen Waddle went before some of the guys he went before? Like, just stunned. Well, that was so. Maddie Daddy was um, was on auto the entire time. So his uh, team is based on ADP. Still stunned. Yeah, uh, people are on auto, but yeah. Uh, and then Alex, you have uh, focusing on rounds nine through twelve. Who's your favorite pick? I hate to give Joe credit, but he's not here to let his head blow up from it. But I love. That Chase Edmonds pick. I almost went him at the 811 over Zach Wilson. Granted, this was before Zach got hurt. So I was like, you know what? Let me get my second quarterback here. He's a lot of upside. But Chase Edmonds going at the 9 1. He has a full profile, what you're looking for in a mid round PPR back. He can catch. He's shown he can be an efficient runner when getting the carries. The last two years, he's had over 200 touches. As the backup, and this year, I don't care what anyone says, he is going to be the guy in Miami. They've invested the most money into him. He has a complete role, and his competition is undrafted free agent Miles Gaskin, who has been serviceable the last couple years since he came in the league. And as awful as it is, the oft-injured Raheem Mostert. Now, if he's healthy, there's a chance Mostert could cut into some of that role for Edmonds, but in the ninth round, that is absolutely a pick you can make. And honestly, you could argue that he could go over A.J. Dillon, who went 7-7, and he absolutely should have went over Elijah Mitchell. San Fran showed they're not invested in him long-term. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, in my opinion, is the worst starting running back in the NFL. Throw him right in the trash. That's what he is. <laughs> him and Ronald Jones in the trash. Never Ronald Jones. Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Never Ronald Jones. Fair enough. All right, so I wanted to switch gears now to a little more draft advice and strategies um, just from our experience in this draft as well as our experience from um, doing other mocks as well as just leagues with Superflex. So I wanted to actually start with you, Steve, since you brought this up in your analysis of your 
um, overall draft. Uh, was talking about QBs maybe being overvalued um, depending on the position in Superflex. So can you kind of elaborate on uh, mid-quarterbacks? Yeah, so just because you have that Superflex spot, right, doesn't mean that you should be mortgaging your entire team, your entire draft to go get another quarterback. An elite player at another position is worth more than a mid or bad quarterback just in a super flex league, right? So I was saying it earlier. I was looking at the board and I'm like, I'm not going to go get a quarterback in the second round when I could have DeAndre Swift. Then the third round came around and more people committed to having middling quarterback situations and left me Kyle Pitts. You want to keep doing that? You want to give me that advantage where I have an elite player because all of a sudden the middle rounds are separated by one point a game where Kyle Pitts is going to be seven points better than the next tight end? I mean, what, what are we doing here? Like, like there's top three tight ends, and then there's like a seven-point drop, and then there's the rest of them. I'm going to take a guy who's a wide receiver one in a tight end's body over, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Like, don't don't mortgage your draft because of the setup. you got to be flexible. Now, I will notice as I'm looking at the board, uh, first, I think that's great advice that we don't really talk about enough. Uh, but now this draft was full of analysts and then uh, Mike is not technically an analyst, but he's, he's been playing fantasy for years and a, a big enthusiast and he likes to, he loves fantasy. So that's why I invited him in, in the mock, but the only team that went back to back quarterbacks was actually Jamie Eisenberg, went Mahomes and Brady, which is a great combo. And then his team is still stacked. Um, so it worked out for him, but looking at the rest of the board, um, most either went QB first round or second round, but not both. And then, then they waited until the third or fourth round to get their second. Some waited longer, like Alex waited until the eighth to get his second quarterback because he was attacking value at other positions. Um, but I think, you, Steve, your advice holds a lot of weight where don't feel like just because it's super flex, you have to be locked into going QB, QB, um, because you can see a lot of value slip to you um, in super flex, especially if you're playing with, with people that don't have a lot of super flex experience, they may be scared by that QB run and not realize that you can still get some QB value later on and really separate yourself from other teams by getting an elite wide receiver, an elite running back, or even an elite tight end. And honestly, that can apply to not only the quarterback position, but every other position in the draft. Like if you look in the seventh round from – where was it? The Brandon Cooks pick all the way through through Steve's pick of Michael Thomas. There's a, a little wide receiver on there. Obviously, Matt was auto-drafted. And, well, you could argue that it started at, at uh, Marquise Brown at 6'9". Yeah, Brown at 6'9". you were the only one that broke it. Took, yeah, I broke that up. I took, took a running back. I wasn't going to reach at a guy when I knew there was a tier – that I would be able to get at least one guy in who I felt comfortable with as my wide receiver too. Like in that back half of the seventh round where it was Dylan Mitchell and Hawkinson, they could have reached for a Drake London, even one of the guys who went earlier in the, the Gabe Davis, Amari Cooper, like they could have could have reached for them and went them even earlier. So while yes, it is fantastic to apply that same premise to quarterback, you can apply that to, all the positions, especially in super flex with the fact that that lineup, it's one bigger than a normal because of that super flex position. Well, I think we see this in a lot of different draft settings when it's not super flex. We see this happen with running backs, right? Like we see everyone like, 
attack the running back position and you wind up with a mid running back instead of an elite wide receiver one, right? Like it, eventually the top two running backs kind of separate themselves, but that's it. Once the top two go, it's free for all. That's what it should be. And that's what has to happen. Yep. And then I wanted you to kind of touch on yours, Alex, about um, just being flexible. Um, so what is that? We talk about a lot of uh, be water. So what does that mean to you when you're in a draft? So for me, it's I don't want to go in with a set strategy. Like I don't be like, okay, first four rounds, I need to get two quarterbacks, a wide receiver, and a running back in a super flex per se. At the round three, four, and five, the value wasn't there at quarterback or wide receiver, in my opinion, since Michael Pittman went and Jamie sniped me. So I was like, okay, let me pivot to who I have highest overall on the board in ETN, not who's the highest at the position. It's one of those, no matter what it is, redraft, dynasty, best ball, DFS, you name it, you draft for value, and then you make moves in season, whether it's waivers, trades, or anything like that for need. And that's the most important thing with when I say be water, be flexible. Wherever the value is, you take that value whether it's the first round or the 16th round, if the value's there, the value's there. I don't care if you have two tight ends. And let's say for this one, for example, I ended up doubling up on tight end. Wasn't my intention, but looking at it in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense to double it up. God forbid commit doesn't pan out. I have touchdown machine Dawson Knox. It's one of those, the value was with the tight end in that round. Yep, and I will make a shameless plug for our show since uh, in season we are a waiver wire show. So as Alex said, um, you can always make changes to your team after the draft. And so make sure you tune into us every Monday night live or you can catch us Tuesday mornings in, on YouTube or your podcast stream uh, feed so you can hear our great advice of who you should pick up off the waiver wire to fix uh, any mistakes you made in the draft and get your team better. Or maybe just make your team better because you had an awesome draft. And then I want to touch on just a couple of things about quarterbacks since this is Superflex. Um, so I feel like in Superflex, you either need to commit to the QB early or, as they say, zag while others zig. So uh, it's just kind of piggybacking on what Steve said. Um, don't settle for those mid-quarterbacks. Like either go get the elite quarterbacks and have an advantage there or just wait so you can have elite players at other positions. And then you just know that you're going to be weak at QB, but you make up for that with the elite players at other positions. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The purpose is to get the most points, no matter what the position is. Yep. And then I want to highlight just uh, one more weird kind of QB thing is a QB three. So um, in Superflex, you really do need to pay attention to bye weeks with quarterbacks. Um, if you plan on starting two of them, ideally they don't have the same bye week. And then you really should have a third quarterback to cover those bye weeks. Um, so ideally, you can always start two. Uh, it's not required. And I think it's just highly recommended. So as you can see, uh, a lot of us are kind of playing chicken with a third quarterback. And then all of a sudden, in the 11th round, uh, there was a pretty massive run. So Jamie started off with Baker Mayfield. There's a couple wide receivers. And then you just see uh, one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks. So for those who are listening, it went... Um, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, which was a auto draft, uh, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, uh, Daniel Jones, and then Jared Goff is where I finished the run at 11, 11. 
Um, so I finished that run. I actually felt good with Jared Goff. I felt like he was the last starter um, that was going to see full-time starter because I see Joe got Mariota later and Alex got Trubisky later. Um, but we don't know that they're going to be full-time starters the entire season. It's very possible they are, but it's not guaranteed. Um, so that's just something you need to pay attention to of when do you want to pull the trigger on getting your third quarterback. Um, I feel like Carson Wentz is a steal at ele- in the 11th round, too. I mean, the guy's not a good quarterback, but he's a good fantasy quarterback. And you drafted him some. <laughs> I know. It was hot. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think he is being slept on um, for as much as people don't like him. So was there any other kind of last-minute advice you have for anyone drafting as we are now getting right in the thick of draft season? Value hunt. Don't position hunt. No matter where you're at in the draft. Love it. Uh, yeah, don't fade Deontay Johnson because uh, that man <laughs> is a monster. Uh, go get him. Honestly, what Alex said, though, you're not hunting a position. you got to go with your gut. Trust your gut. That's what fantasy football is. Nobody has all the answers. It comes from right here. you got to be ready. I love it. So with that, we are going to end our super flex mock. We appreciate everyone that drafted with us. Um, please make sure you follow all them. Their names and Twitter handles will be in the show description, whether you're on YouTube or in the podcast channel. And please make sure you go ahead and like, follow, subscribe, all that great stuff to the trip uh, to the triple play fantasy channels. So that way you don't miss any of our great content. Plus all the other stuff this team is putting out. Uh, we are a large team that puts out baseball content, basketball content, football. We talk about food, movies. We got it all at triple play fantasy so i don't want you to miss any of that by not subscribing so with that guys have a great one good luck in your drafts you can reach out to any of us for any questions advice we're happy to help and make sure you are tuning into us especially in season for our live waiver wire shows to get you ready before waivers even are even thought about we're covering to you before monday night football so make sure you are following all of us and have a great one guys see you later See you guys.